0: Going to read one verse of scripture because this is the only scripture we're going to be covering tonight in this in Acts chapter number two. Um, I sat down last night and began putting my notes together for today and began to realize that uh, there's a lot of material material here in just this one scripture, Brother Mendez, and uh, it's amazing how the Word of God does that, but The Word of God is alive, and uh, I want to know what God has to say to me tonight. Amen. Praise God. Acts chapter number 2, verse 14, the Bible says, But Peter, standing up with the eleven, lifted up his voice and said unto them, Ye men of Judea, and all ye that dwell at Jerusalem, be this known unto you, and hearken to my words. Amen. Peter, standing up with the 11, lifted up his voice, and at the end of it said he, he told the people, listen <laughs> to what I have to say, amen. Tonight we're going to pick up the book of Acts study that we've been doing, this is lesson number nine, and we will endeavor to get this lesson finished tonight, we'll see where we end up, amen. We want the Holy Ghost to have his way. Amen. Let's ask the Lord to speak to our hearts tonight. Can we do that? Lord, we love you. God, I thank you for your grace and mercy here tonight. God, I'm asking that you would bind our hearts and our minds together. Lord, help us to find that place in the Holy Ghost where you would have us to dwell. Lord, you are faithful and righteous, Jesus. God, I have truly learned that through everything that I've been through, Lord, I can trust in you and I can know and understand that you are truly the one who is on the throne. Amen. I thank you for your grace and mercy today. Lord, I pray that you would anoint these lips of clay, God, that you would God only say what you won't say tonight. Lord, I pray that you would anoint our hearts and minds to receive your word. We thank you for it in Jesus' name. Can we give him a hand clap of praise tonight? Oh, we love you. Jesus, we praise you. Glory to your name. Hallelujah. Amen. You can be seated tonight. Amen. Amen. I was thinking we would actually get down into what Peter had to say. And that must be what's going to happen next week, amen, unless I can't get through what I'm going to try to get through tonight, amen. But Peter, um, here we've been talking about the outpouring of the Holy Ghost, and we, uh, a few weeks ago, we talked about the initial outpouring of the Holy Ghost and, and and the sign that these people had received the outpouring of the Holy Ghost because every single person that was filled had a sound associated with them. Amen. And they ended up worshiping the Lord and magnifying God. And they ended up out in the streets and, and people started asking questions and they were confounded. And we talked about all of that over the last few weeks. And and so I'm not going to rehash that. And so if you want to figure out what we talked about before, you can go to the website. I did check last night. Uh, we have every one of the Acts lessons on the website. So um, if you missed a portion of it, I encourage you to go back and listen. Um, to the ones that you have missed. Amen. There are eight lessons up until this point. But we have now got to the place where the crowd began to make accusations to the people of the Lord uh, that were filled with the Holy Ghost, and they began to say, hey, these men are drunken with new wine, and then we have the scripture that I read to you in our hearing tonight. But Peter, standing up with the eleven, Lifted up his voice and said, You men of Judea, and all ye that dwell at Jerusalem, be this known unto you and hearken to my words. And uh, Peter got an anointing come upon him because people were ask they were making accusations, they were asking, What in the world's going on around here? And uh the, the preacher in Peter couldn't stand still and just let things go, but he had to say something. Amen, we're going to talk about why he had to say something here in just a moment, but Peter had something down deep on the inside that said, hey, these people are wondering and they're confounded, hey, let me help answer some questions, and he began to preach to this people that day. But before we get into what Peter had to say, I want to talk to you about Peter and the, the uh, and, and, and the reason why it was Peter who preached on the day of Pentecost, and it wasn't Matthew or Mark or Luke or John. Uh, or it definitely wasn't Luke, but it wasn't John or um, in, in, who knows. Uh, it, wasn't, uh, uh, it wasn't the Apostle Paul because he didn't get saved until later. Um, there's, there's all kinds of reasons, but there's a specific reason why the Apostle Peter was the one who stood up on the day of Pentecost. And uh, I'm going to preface what I'm about to dig into with this. Jesus chose Peter to declare salvation when the door was opened. Amen. And when it was time, maybe I should say it this way, when it was time to open the door. In Matthew chapter number 16, if you've got your Bibles, In fact, I heard Bishop say this several times last night. So if you got your Bibles, grab your Bibles. I know we got it on the screen, but get your Bibles. I want you to see it in your Bible so that you, when you go home, you can say, I know what he said is in my Bible. Amen. So Matthew chapter 16, uh, we're going to start with verse 13. Matthew chapter 16 and verse number 13. Amen. Matthew chapter number 16. Verse number 13. The Bible says this When Jesus came into the coasts of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, saying, Whom do men say that I, the Son of Man, am? And they said, Some say that thou art John the Baptist, and some Elijah, or others Jeremiah, or one of the prophets. Then he asked them a question. Again, But this time, he brings it down to them. He asked them, he said unto them, but whom say ye that I am? I know what you've heard others talk about me. I know what you've heard that they declare me as. But I want to know one thing, Sister Reening. Who do you say I am? Do you think I'm Elijah. Do you think I'm Jeremiah, or do you just think I'm a prophet that God sent for this day and this time? Or do you think what Simon Peter said, and I know I had some hesitation here, but you don't see hesitation here in the word of God. The Bible says, Jesus asked him, but who say you that I am? And then instantly the Bible says, and Simon Peter answered and said, thou art the Christ.'" The son of the living God. No hesitation. I know who you are. I know because I have a revelation who you are. And Jesus told him, he said, he said this to Peter, he said, Blessed are you, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father which is in heaven. And I say to you that you are Peter and upon this rock I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. And I will give unto thee the keys of the kingdom of heaven and whatsoever thou shalt bind on earth shall be bound in heaven and whatsoever thou shalt loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. Amen. And so the reason that Peter was the one who was going to be, uh, who was chosen by Jesus was because Peter was not ashamed to declare who Jesus was. When he was asked by Jesus, nobody else had, nobody even had time. Have you been around those kind of people that you ask a question and they always have an answer and they put out the answer before anybody else can speak? Peter was one of those kind of people. In fact, so much so that sometimes, many times, a few times, in fact, later on in this very passage of scripture, he put his foot in his mouth, and Jesus actually looked at him and said, get behind me, Satan. You don't know what you're talking about now, but when you answered me, you answered me right about who I was, amen. So one thing we can learn from Peter is if you know what you're talking about, then speak up. If you don't know what you're talking about, stay quiet. Well, can I get an amen? Amen. <laughs> Sister Renee's trying to put a lock on her lips tonight. Amen. <clears throat> no, I, I I know many times where I have I have slipped up. I have stepped in and I've said stuff that I'm like, man, why did I even open my mouth? Amen. Uh, I don't I don't believe this is scripture, but I do believe. It's an old proverb that people have always quoted. Said, um, uh, "It's it's okay to be considered a fool. It's better to be considered a fool." There we go. It's better to be considered a fool than open your mouth and remove all doubt. And it's a fact, right? Want to make sure that we 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 allow God to to let God be the filter of our 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 speakings. <laughs> Amen. Uh, I didn't come to talk about this, but think about this when you get in your next argument. The next time you get in an argument with somebody and you start saying stuff, and then later on you're like, man, I really didn't mean what I said. Let me tell you something. Words are destructive. And if you don't stop them from coming out, you can't take them back. The only thing you can do is go and apologize. But it doesn't remove the fact that you said those things. Well, that's free of charge tonight. That's not going to cost you anything. Take that and $10 and go buy um, a coffee at Starbucks or something. Amen. <laughs> Praise God. Anyhow, Peter is given the keys to the kingdom by none other than Jesus Christ himself. Why, why was the... Idea of keys given to Peter. Why was it it the keys that Jesus chose to use as the picture? He said, Peter, I'm giving you the keys to the kingdom. Now, he's not talking about the kingdom of heaven, such as that place that's up in the sky that we all want to go to someday. But this kingdom he's referring to is the kingdom of, that is here upon the earth. You know what that kingdom is? You're sitting here today in the church. This is the kingdom of God. And Jesus said, hey, Peter, I've got the keys to that kingdom. And I'm holding them. But I'm entrusting them to you now. Because there's going to be a day that you're going to have to stand up because I'm not going to be here. And I'm giving you the keys to open the door of salvation and to the kingdom of God here on the earth on a specific time. You with me tonight? Now, I don't just give anybody my keys. But if I were to go ahead and, and I were to take these keys right here and I were to hand them to Brother Tuffy, do you know what he now has? The authority to do he has the authority now to go right into the church I don't have a house key he can get right on into my wife's car and my car right. because now the keys are in his hands because I've entrusted these things to him right. now Jesus didn't tell Peter I'm giving these to you to give to somebody else to give to somebody else. No. He said, I'm giving you the keys of the kingdom. There is authority associated with the one who has the keys. Amen. Peter had the authority to open this door. I know I'm pressing this. I want you to understand that there was nobody else that was going to be able to stand up on that day of Pentecost but Peter to open the door of salvation to those people there that day. And had Peter not stood up and preached, only 120 people would have got the Holy Ghost. You with me tonight? Jesus gave Peter the authority to open up the kingdom, which is the church, on the day of Pentecost. In Matthew chapter 16 and verse number 19 is where we found that. And I will give unto thee the keys of the kingdom of heaven. And whatsoever you shall bind on earth shall be bound in heaven. And whatsoever thou shalt loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. Jesus said, hey, I'm giving you the authority to give this life eternal, this opportunity to other people. Amen. And I want you to see how that Jesus... uh, um, he 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 uh, followed through with the plan that he started with. Uh, uh, we find that Peter was the first one to preach about salvation. He was the first one to preach in Acts chapter number two, thus opening the door to the church uh, to the Jews on that very day. Amen. But then we get to reading some more in the book of Acts. Uh, we get to Acts chapter number eight. Uh, And Philip is gone down to Samaria to preach the word, and he's down there telling them, you've got to to have a relationship with Jesus, and you've got to be baptized in Jesus' name. And so he's down there baptizing these people, and, and they've all been baptized in Jesus' name. But guess what? Not one of them that had been baptized in Jesus' name had yet received the Holy Ghost. Not until Peter and John came... And Peter began to preach again, and guess what happened? He laid his hands on the people, and they received the Holy Ghost. Amen. So Peter has now opened the door to the church to the Samaritans. He opened it to the Jews first. Remember, that's what Jesus' commandment was, to the Jews first and also to the Greek. That was what Paul said. He meant he said, go to Jerusalem, and that's where I'm going to pour out my glory upon you. I'm going to pour out the promise of the Father. And then we find that that Peter was used by God to open the door to all of mankind at that point. Anybody that wasn't half Jew, that wasn't full-blooded Jew, anybody that had no Jewish blood whatsoever, Peter opened the door to them. Guess who that is? That's me, that's you, that's everybody in this area here. Amen. I haven't met one Jewish person in this this community just yet. Amen. And if you meet them, I'd love to meet them. Um, Anyhow, but Peter was there and he opened the door to salvation for all of the Gentiles in Acts chapter number 10. God used Peter in Acts 2. God used Peter in Acts 8. God used Peter in Acts chapter 10. He followed the plan. When God sets a plan in motion, God doesn't change his mind. God sets forth. In fact, um, I, I know I've, I've preached this many times, but if you listen to the message last night, amen. In, in John chapter 1, in the beginning was the word, the Logos. Now, you've heard me refer to that as a plan, right? And and I was doing some study, and then I heard the bishop talk about this the other day, and all of a sudden I was like, Yeah, I know. Hey Amen. Maybe I need to start teaching it in this fashion. But the, the Lagos is more than just a plan or an idea that you might have. You with me tonight? The Lagos literally means a blueprint. Do you know what's in a blueprint? Every single detail is gone into those plans. Yes, it's a plan. But it's not just a, hey, grab a napkin and write something down on that napkin and draw a square on on there and we're going to put posts in these areas and and here we got a building. Now, some people can build from that, but it's not going to be a very elaborate plan and they just make things up as they go. But that's not a plan like the Lagos plan. The Lagos plan not only had the square drawn out, but it had the inside measurements of the walls. It had the outside measurements of the walls. You with me today? You, you, you've seen real blueprints, and and it had how deep the piers had to be, and and where the the, the plumbing had to come on into the building, and and where the electrical wires were going were, were going to be ran, and where the panel was going to go, and and you can you with me now? I, you understand every every degree of that building? Amen is put into those blueprints. God had a blueprint with all of the details worked out with him from the beginning of time. And do you know what that beginning of time blueprint was? It was the church. It was God coming and opening a relationship pattern so that we could have a close relationship with him. Amen. But he did that through Jesus Christ, the man. We all understand these things. Amen. But when I begin to talk about salvation, you can't help but get excited a little bit and begin to think, you know what? The God of all creation, from day one, Sister Renee, is what the Bible tells me, from day one, he had this elaborate plan This is how I'm going to do it. On this day, this is going to happen. On this day, this is going to happen. And and it wasn't just a happenstance that when the the high priest was going in for the yearly sacrifice, that Jesus died on that hour. He meant there was no happenstance there. There was no accident there. It was in the plan that God had from the beginning. He said, hey, I'm going to be that perfect sacrifice. I'm going to be the one that sheds blood on that very hour. He meant so that I can atone for all of the sins from the beginning of time even to the end of time. He meant and even right here and right now in the present, amen, God did that all by himself. He didn't need any help. He didn't need any help, amen, and, and I want you to understand, he doesn't have to have me, but he chose me. Right. He saw me out of millions of people, and he said, hey, Pastor Hilton, I want you, and I've got a work for you to do, but it's up to me to re- to, to maintain my relationship with him according to the plan that has been in the motion in since, ever since the beginning of time. Hallelujah. Praise God. The next thing I want you to see in this chapter, uh, Matthew chapter sixteen, we're going to get off of this in just a few moments. But, but in Matthew chapter number sixteen, then you begin to see, uh, Amen, that the forces of evil will never be able to conquer the people of God who are founded upon the revelation. of the mighty God in Christ. Amen. Let's, let's go back to verse number 15 in Matthew 16. Amen. Verse number 15 says, He said unto them, But whom say ye that I am? Simon Peter said unto him, Thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. And Jesus answered him and said, Blessed art thou, Simon, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father which is in heaven. Has given you this revelation. And this revelation, he said, I'm also saying to you that you are Peter and upon this rock. Now, if you do some study online, you're going to hear some folks say that it was Peter that the church was built upon. You'll find that doctrine out there. But I want you to understand something it wasn't Peter whom the church was built upon. In fact, yes, Peter, in the original is Petros, which means a little rock, like a little stone that you can hold in your hand. But the rock, the word rock, here that says upon this rock, in the original, that is Petra, okay? The difference is, Petra is a boulder, it's a massive stone, it's something that you could build a building upon. It wasn't Peter, there's something bigger than Peter that the church was built upon and that was the revelation that Peter had of who Jesus is. So the church is founded upon the revelation of the mighty God in Christ, who is Jesus to you? That matters to your salvation. That matters to your power that lives on the inside. If you don't know who Jesus is, we need to talk about this some more. We need to dig more into the Word of God. Why? Because there's power in the revelation of who Jesus is. In fact, you're not going to go into eternity into heaven without this revelation of who Jesus is. There is no God besides him. Amen. Praise God. So thank God for the revelation of who Jesus is. Amen. I know Jesus is the Father. I know Jesus is the Son. I know Jesus is the Holy Ghost. And all these three are one. There is no variance in God. There is no change. There is no, He, in fact, he said, I am the Lord. Amen. He said, I am a jealous God. Amen. There, beside him, there is not one God. I can promise you this much. You're not going to find one Jewish Trinitarian in all of the world. No, maybe I'm going to back off. There is a, there are no orthodox. Jewish Trinitarians, you're not the Jews of the Bible. They didn't believe in in three gods. They didn't believe in three persons in a god. They didn't believe any of that. They knew that God was God. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord. That's why the apostle Paul could write to the church in Ephesus and say, One Lord, one faith, one baptism. It, 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 well, all of us have a variance of 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 salvation. All of us have a variance. No, my friend, there's one revelation that we all need to have. It's not my revelation. It's not Juan's revelation. It's not Camden's revelation. It's God's revelation, and He will give you a revelation of who He is. I was talking to somebody the other day, and and we were discussing this whole topic of. Uh, this this is essential to my salvation this is if i don't understand this then 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 i'm going to be confused about how other things work in the kingdom of god and i i do make this a a a, a situation of hey if, if you're not preaching this doctrine this is salvitic this is this is uh, uh my salvation hinges upon this i'm not just going through the motions I'm not just doing what tradition tells me. But I'm going to be baptized in Jesus' name because there is only one God. And his name is Jesus. And, I, and we were talking about this the other day and, and, and I said, you know, honestly, um, we have to stand as firm as Peter stood and say, hey, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. I know who you are. And I'm going to walk in that revelation, and I'm going to be bold in that revelation. I'm glad I know who Jesus is. <laughs> Amen. All these songs are coming back to me now. Amen. Praise God. But Peter, he's up there preaching on the on 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 the day of Pentecost. And another thing that happens, but Peter, right? Acts chapter two, verse fourteen says, but Peter, standing up with how many? The eleven. Okay, so we all know that Matthew was a disciple of Jesus, right? We can agree on that. Matthew's a disciple of Jesus. And Matthew wrote in Matthew chapter 28 and verse 19, Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost. Now, Where I come into this, and I'm going to get off of this subject in just a minute, but I can't come to this and not preach about this for a little bit. Amen. But that day, Peter is standing there, but he didn't stand up by himself and begin to preach all by himself. Something happened. There were 11 other guys that were standing right beside him. Now, let me ask you something. When you stand and you're clapping your hands in a church service, what are you saying? You believe, maybe I'm in agreement with you, what you're saying, that resonates with me. That's true, I'm backing you up. I want you to know I'm with you all the way, right? But that, that doesn't just ring true in a, in a church, right? But it also rings true when you're out in the streets, right? And you see your buddies over here about to get, get himself taken care of. Guess what? You and your buddies are going to surround him and you're going to stand with him. Am I wrong or am I, am I? I want you to think about it. Matthew is among the 11 standing there that day. And I'm not, I know I'm not battling anybody's philosophies in here. I'm just telling you this is what I want you to understand was the day that Peter got up and preached in Acts chapter number 2 and verse 38 repent and be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of your sins. Matthew standing right beside him saying, preach it. Peter, that's right. Amen. That's what's going on that day. But wait a minute. Matthew said, baptize in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Ghost. Well, I'm submitting to you. I'm going to say this and move on. Amen. If you want to have more time, we can talk about this uh, one-on-one or you can come back another time and I'll be teaching on the oneness. Amen. But I want you to understand that Peter... Amen. When he said, be baptized in the name of Jesus, he was saying the exact same thing that Matthew was saying. Matthew said, you need to be baptized in the name of the Father, and the name of the Son, and the name of the Holy Ghost. What is the name? It's Jesus. Jesus said, I am come in my Father's name. So what's the Father's name? He said, I will send you a comforter in my name. So who did the comforter? The comforter, which is the Holy Ghost. What's the name of the Holy Ghost? It's Jesus. It's all right there in your scripture, in your Bible. Amen. It's not been hidden there. It's it's right there. You can read it for yourself. Amen. And Matthew was standing there, and Matthew was preaching along with with the preacher. Amen. That's what we call saying amen. That's called preaching the preacher, right? So Matthew was there preaching the preacher, saying, amen, Peter, preach it. And Peter was mandated to preach the revelation that he had received of the Spirit in Matthew chapter number uh, 28. Verse nineteen. Amen. And then also you could find where, where Peter was also mandated by Jesus um, uh, when he was handed the, the keys to the kingdom. But not only that, in Luke chapter number twenty-four, verse number forty five and forty nine through forty nine, Jesus is talking to the disciples right before he goes up into heaven, and he says it this way He said, Then open he their understanding that they might understand the Scriptures. I read that scripture every time because I want everybody under the sound of my voice to understand this. Jesus opened the disciples' understanding. So would you say with me, would you be able to agree with me according to this scripture that Jesus gave them the revelation of what they need to preach, what they needed to declare, and what they needed to teach others to declare. That's what the bishop was talking about last night. He said, look, you got to understand, what Jesus was constantly teaching his disciples was I want you to go out there, and I want you to teach people amen, what it takes to be saved, and then once you get them saved and get them baptized, I want you to teach them to go out there and do what you just did with them. Teach them to how to be saved, how to be baptized in Jesus' name, and then how to live for God, and then I want you to... I want you to have them teach those people to do the same thing. That's what we're mandated to do. Peter was mandated by Jesus. And he also gave him the understanding to preach the things that he preached. Verse number 46, And said unto them, Thus it is written, and thus it behoved Christ, to suffer and to rise from the dead the third day, and that repentance and remission of sins Which should be preached in his name. Jesus said that these things should be preached in his name among all nations. Beginning at Jerusalem. Amen. And you could go on through there. For time's sake, I'm going to try to hurry and skip through some of this. But Jesus opened their understanding and he told them, you've got to go preach remission of sins, which is baptism in Jesus' name. Amen. All of the disciples that day were standing in agreement with Peter, including Matthew. Amen. Matthew was preaching him, saying, yes, sir, Peter. That's exactly what Jesus told us to do. Amen. He told us to baptize in his name. Amen. I've already went through these scriptures. Matthew 28, 19, Acts 2, verse 38. Amen. This passage here simply shows that Matthew and Peter were both, on the same page, and they were both in agreement with what Jesus had told them, amen. Peter had the keys to the kingdom, amen, and these, king, these keys gave him the authority, amen. This means God gave Peter the authority to proclaim the revelation of Jesus Christ and declare it with boldness, and thus opening the door of salvation for these people through his preaching It is God's plan, and this is where we're going to try to wrap this up and land this plane tonight. Amen. It is God's plan during the church age, the dispensation of grace, or the church, to use preaching as the method of getting his message of salvation to the world. Amen. Jesus did not give the plan of salvation. Himself to the Apostle Paul, amen. I, I, want, I want to show you some things through the Scripture, amen, in this, in this uh, vein, because I want you to understand some things, amen. Jesus could come down in a visible form, and he could walk up to you, Donnie, and he could say, Donnie, you need to find a place that has a baptismal, and you need to get baptized in Jesus' name. And you need to receive the gift of the Holy Ghost after you've repented and you're going to speak in other tongues as the Spirit gives you utterance. Jesus could come and tell you that himself. Brother Toughing, he could send an angel down and say, Brother Joe Decker, guess what? In order for you to make it to heaven, you need to repent of your sins, you need to be baptized in Jesus' name, and then the Spirit of God is going to come inside of you and you're going to know it's there because you will speak in another tongue as His Spirit gives the utterance. Now, He could do that. But I want you to see some things with me. He has the ability to do that, but He chose to do it in a different fashion. I want to show you a couple of instances where He very well could have but didn't. On the Damascus Road, Jesus met with the Apostle Paul from heaven and spoke to him from out of heaven, knocked him off his horse, blinded his eyes, and spoke to him, and while he was speaking to him, he said this in Acts 9 and 6, he said, and he trembling and astonished said, Lord, what wilt thou have me to do? And the Lord said unto him, repent, be baptized in Jesus' name. He didn't. The Lord said to him, arise, go into the city, and it shall be told thee what you need to do. Is that what your Bible says? Then after he finishes talking to Peter, Sorry, Paul, which at that point was Saul. He goes to another place, and he speaks to another man. And that man's name is Ananias. In verse number 10, we can read the whole thing, but I'm just going to cut through some of it. Amen. Verse number 10 of chapter 9, and there was a certain disciple at Damascus named Ananias. To him said the Lord in a vision, Ananias Kind of similar to what he did to Saul. He said, Saul, Saul, why persecutest thou me? Here in verse 10, he, he he goes to Ananias' house and said, Ananias. And Ananias says, I'm here, Lord. And the Lord said unto him, Arise, go into the street that is called Straight, and inquire in the house of Judas for one called Saul of Tarsus, because he is praying. And he has seen in a vision a man named Ananias coming to him, and putting his hand on him that he might receive a sight. Then Ananias answered, "Lord, I have heard many by, by have heard by many of this man how much evil he has done thy saints in, at Jerusalem, and here he has authority from the chief priest to bind all that call on thy name." And and Ananias is 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 saying what Peter told Jesus uh, when he when he was told to go see Cornelius. That's another story for another time. I'll get there in actually just a few moments. But the Lord said, he didn't even acknowledge what Ananias said. He said, just go your way, just go. For he is a chosen vessel to me to bear my name before the Gentiles and kings and the children of Israel. For I will show him how great things he must suffer for my name's sake. And Ananias went his way and entered the house and putting his hand on him said brother Saul... The Lord, even Jesus, that appeared unto thee in the way as thou camest, has sent me that thou mightest receive thy sight, and notice what he says. You see it right here. You're not just going to receive your sight and be filled with the Holy Ghost. God sent a man to tell him what he had to do. And when he got there, he began to to tell him, I'm going to heal your sight, and you're going to be filled with the Holy Ghost. And immediately, there fell from his eyes, as it were, uh, had been scales, and he received his sight forthwith, and arose and was baptized. And when he had received meat, he was strengthened. Then was Saul certain days with the disciples, which were at Damascus. God could have very well spoken from heaven and said, Paul, repent, be baptized, and then I'll, I'll, I'll fill you with the Holy Ghost. But no, he said, Paul, go over there to this house, and I'm going to send a man. And he's going to tell you what to do. Acts chapter 10, verse number 1 through 5, another place where somebody is is encountering a divine uh, situation, and his name was Cornelius. Acts chapter 10, verses 1 through 5, and there was a certain man in Caesarea named called Cornelius, a centurion of the band called the Italian band a devout man and one that feared God with all his house, which gave much alms to the people and prayed to God always. He was saw in a vision, evidently about the ninth hour of the day, an angel of God came to him and said to him, Cornelius. And we looked upon him. He was afraid and said, What is it, Lord? And he said unto him, Thy prayers and thine alms came up for a memorial before the Lord. And now I want you to send to Joppa for one Simon whose surname is Peter, and he did. I don't have time to get into all that story, but initially what happened, essentially what happened was in Acts chapter 10, verse 44, after Peter had been at their house for a little while, he had been preaching to them. The next thing we see is now send men to Joppa and call for one Simon, whose name is Peter, and in verse 44, when he finally gets there and he's preaching, and while Peter is preaching, while he yet spake these words, The Holy Ghost fell on all of them which heard the word. So, What are you trying to say, preacher? It's simply this. God chose a method in which he would declare salvation to his people. Preaching is how our faith is built. Preaching is how our faith is nurtured. Romans chapter number 10, verse 14, the Bible tells us, How then shall they call on him in whom they have not believed? And how shall they believe in him of whom they have not heard? And how shall they hear without a preacher? Amen. Another place the Apostle Paul wrote to the Corinthians, he said, And my speech and my preaching was not with enticing words of man's wisdom, But he said, in demonstration of the power of the Spirit and of power, that your faith should not stand in the wisdom of man, but in the power of God. He meant preaching is foolishness to the world. In fact, you're going to find, I've I've talked to even preachers in this community, and they have told me that the only way you're going to build a a church that is going to be growing, they said you've got to have a good band and you've got to have good music. And I looked at him, I said, sir, I'm sorry, but I cannot agree with you. Just because the world sees preaching as foolish and maybe because preaching doesn't fill auditoriums. But let me tell you something, preaching does fill people with the Holy Ghost. Preaching does fill people with faith. And preaching may be foolishness to the world, but it is power to those who are saved. 1 Corinthians chapter 1 and verse 18 says, For the preaching of the cross is to them that perish foolishness, but unto us which are saved it is the power of God. Yes. Hallelujah. And finally, the preaching is the method in which God chose to save the believers of the world. First Corinthians chapter 1 and verse 21, For after that in the wisdom of God, the world by wisdom knew not God. It pleased God, by the foolishness of preaching. Everybody say preaching. Preaching. Everybody say preaching. preaching. To save them which believe, I need preaching to be saved. I need preaching to be saved. This isn't just my opinion. This isn't just Pastor Hilton standing up here saying, hey, you need to hear preaching more. You need to hear me say stuff more. No, it's not because I want you to hear me, but it's because I want you to hear the word of God. Amen. I want you to hear what the Lord has to say. Amen. Because it's his word that's going to save our lives for eternity. Hallelujah. I want to talk shortly here about the preacher. I'm almost done. Sister Tori, if you can come, amen, and give us a little bit of hope tonight, amen. The preacher, the preacher himself cannot just decide one day I'm going to just go and preach, but a preacher must be sent by God, yep, yep, yep. amen. He must be chosen by God, yep. amen. Romans chapter 10 and verse 15, how shall they preach except they be sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of them that preach the gospel of peace and bring glad tidings of good things. Hallelujah. The preacher cannot just decide, hey man, let me tell you something. If the preacher is in it, hey man, just as a vocation, let me tell you something. That man's a hireling. He, he, He doesn't care anything about your soul. All he's worried about is making sure that he has stuff in his pocket. Amen, but let me tell you this. Amen, a man who is called. Amen, God will provide for them. God will send them. Amen, God will send them good people. Amen, who will rally and who will preach. Amen, not just while they're in church, but their lifestyles will preach when they go outside the door of the church. Amen, when God sends a man, amen, it's not a vocation. He meant, but it's a calling that he has to live by. He meant, it, but it can only be a calling from above. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. the preacher must be sent by God. The preacher must, amen, obey that calling. Let me tell you, my, my, my grandfather, he, he ran from his call to preach for a long time amen, because he kept telling God, hey, I, I can't preach, Lord. I can't even read. I can barely even talk good. In fact, I even have a stutter, amen, and he actually ran from God so hard. Sister Renee, he decided he was going to backslide and not go to church for quite some time, and 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 thank God, amen, I, I, I'm i not thankful that he had to go through pain, but one day he woke up, Brother Blue, and he was laying on a bed, amen, and he knew that if he, he didn't get a touch from God, God. He was not going to make it, amen, much longer in life. Amen. And he told God on that bed that day, he said, God here I am. He said I know what you've called me to do. I know what you've asked me to do. Amen. And he said, I will do it. Amen. But you're going to have to help me. Amen. And God began to place his hand upon him. And God used him in a mighty way. Let me tell you something, my friend. I'm not calling anybody to preach today. I'm not doing that. But I want you to understand God has a call upon each and every one of us, amen, and that is to be a soul a soul winner, to be a witness, amen. You may say, man, I, I get shy. Maybe I don't know enough about the Bible to help somebody. Let me tell you something. You don't have to be a scholar, amen, but I'm not saying you shouldn't study your Bible either, all right? You need to study the Bible. You need to spend time digging into the Word of God, but what I am saying, you don't have to know all the ins and outs about the Word of God, but what you do have to have amen, is a passion and an anointing to get out there and say, hey, let me tell you what Jesus did for me. And, and I can tell you, you'll be more effective in telling them what you've experienced than trying to put a whole bunch of head knowledge behind, amen, what you're saying to them, amen. Praise God, and just like, uh, amen, just like that, we as preachers, uh, amen, we must do one thing, Uh, and this is what the apostle Paul wrote to Timothy. Amen, go ahead and play, sister. uh, He wrote to Timothy, he said this. Uh, He said, preach the word. Preach the word. Preach the word. Don't, Don't just go through the motions. I put the wrong scripture up there. Be instant in season, out of season. Paul told Timothy, you've got a calling, son. I hope you hear me tonight. I'm not saying all of us are preachers, but what I am saying, we all have a calling that we need to answer God. We need to proclaim the gospel of Christ as often as we can. God will give you the anointing and the unction that he needs, that you need to make, make it happen. And last but not least, I said it a while ago, jumped ahead of myself a little bit. I want to close with this. I'm not, I'm not here trying to build myself up, but what I am trying to do is build the kingdom of God up. But I want you to see something. We're going back to our text from, from tonight. And the Bible says this, but Peter, standing up with the eleven, Lifted up his voice. What I want to point out is Peter wasn't standing by himself. Peter had some people backing him up. Peter had some people standing shoulder to shoulder saying, we're here, Peter. We're here to help you. We're going to see this happen. Peter didn't baptize 3,000 people all by himself. Those people had to get in there and they had to get busy as well. So what are you saying, preacher? I'm saying that, yes, the preacher's got to preach the word. Yes, the preacher's got to be sent. But also the preacher has to have people who will stand with him. Not for him, but with him. There's a big difference. I'm not here to build a kingdom for Hilton. But I am here to build a kingdom for the almighty God. Building it upon the revelation of the mighty God in Christ. Because that's the only foundation that's going to last forever. I need him. I need his strength. I need his power. And I, I, I want to, I, before we finish the service tonight, I know I've done a lot of teaching. I know I've said a lot of stuff. And maybe we'll be finishing this service off a little bit different than I ever have in a long time. I want you to Those of you that are here tonight, I want you to hear me out.